Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crimson and con artists. We don't like these people in the shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill and it's Independence Day. Well, Woo-hoo! actually, it's Easter Monday, which is the day after Jesus came back from the dead. And we're not sure what he did on Easter Monday. No, Presumably, sure. he had a bit of a lie down. Went to the shops to pick up some band-aids to the stigmata. I would have got laid personally. Yeah, well, you you got you to get rid of that stigmata. But it's Independence Day for the Conditional Release Program, and that is independence with a T and an S mm. at the end because we're going to take a look at Australian democracy's flotsam and jetsam who are running without party affiliation or backing in our rabbit hole segment today. Yes, we are. And with an election on, it means that cookers are babbling about election fraud, fraud in the future tense because everything is in the future and we haven't had the election yet. It's still but weeks away, but the mm. fraud is well underway according to the cookers. Dominion, Smartmatic, blah, blah, blah. And we pose the question, is Elon Musk a fit and proper person to take over Twitter? Short answer is no. No. N- not while he continues no. not to subscribe to this podcast and flip us a bit of coin. Flick me a couple of bell, Elon, in our Patreon. He should be a liar. You can afford it, you bastard. Yes, the world's richest man is too misly to bother to become a patron of the Conditional Release Program. You have staff to do this for you. Mm. But we know you're not listeners. You guys, yes. are, you guys are better than that. You're better not. than that. And that's why we're begging, listeners. We need your help. Begging. I know you will want to help us out. All right, that's enough of that. We need to get on with the show. Get off your knees, Joel, and stop whimpering. Fuck off, Jack. I'm hungry. It's time to get the show underway, and we're doing it as we usually do with the Conditional Release Program's weekly news. have been saying for some time now this election is going to be plagued with bullshit claims of election fraud and it seems like the AEC are actually all we tip over this. it. We tip this. It's, it, we did, but I, I didn't tip the AEC. We're going to give a shit. And while it's very reasonable to think the authorities don't give a left-handed fuck about cookers, constantly breaking laws, parking where the fuck they want, and being genuine domestic terror threats, turns out the AEC are the ones you shouldn't fuck with. They're well, awake. The AFP, no problem. All the various states of police, they don't give a fuck, but the AEC are upset. Their social media team have been so responsive to even the smallest questions and statements and even like the little hint of disinformation, making sure that everything is above board. They are taking this election so seriously and I'm happy as to they see should. it. Yeah, as they should. Fuck yeah, they should be. Absolutely. You got Bozy on the ground at protest repeating this dumb line or making this dumb line that Dominion voting machines, we don't use fucking voting machines. We use a pencil. We use a pencil. They don't even say who the election result's going to be manipulated for. Like what? Are the Liberals rigging it? Are Labor rigging it? No, it's just rigged. But the general vibe is that freedom candidates are going to be stripped of their votes and made to look like fools. And the reality of this is they're doing a perfectly fucking good job of looking like fools on their own. You're going to get like 12 votes. But like, it feels like some of these guys think that maybe they might 
have a chance? We could win. We might go. We could. We could win. We could win. We got a chance. It was nice to see in the Guardian on Sunday. Josh Butler and Sarah Martin did a piece on this, and it shows the AEC are actually working with Facebook parent company Meta to have this content removed. This sort of like you know misinformation, all stuff that's not probably authorized. Tip of the iceberg, as far as I'm concerned, but it's something. And the posts that they're taking down the same old sort of shit, you know, use a pen instead of a pencil because they'll raise it and Hello, change it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's absurd. Now it's on the radar of the AEC and it's nice to see that they're not going to just like sit back and watch it happen. Like, I mean, mm, like all good. the other police. Democracy is alive and well. Yes, and regulated. We like it regulated. It's so important. It has to be regulated. And we know full well the cookers think the AEC is corrupt, so nothing they ever do is going to be enough. That'll just be another part part of the big steal. But for those who are watching on the sidelines, it is so good to see them taking action on this. For a couple of months now, Ricardo Bozzi has also been pushing the idea of having cookers sign a statutory declaration alongside their vote, which you're meant to then photograph as evidence of your vote. I mean, (laughs) the plan is then to compile these photos into some sort of online repository and then compare the number of photos of reported votes to the number of votes that are reported on the tally. If there's more photos than votes, then holy shit, election fraud. But there's going to be a lot less because there's only going to be a very small number who are going to do this anyway. I wanted to Yeah, I mean, that's that's the logical thing. Even if it's a similar number, we are going to be calling this, uh, technical term, a handful of votes. And in the meantime, this bizarre idea has done this sort of cooker Chinese whispers of one nation candidate suggesting that you actually give the stat decks to the polling booth operators. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? They're going to throw them in the bin, you idiots. So the AEC said of the stat deck plan, quote, our polling officials will not be receiving them. Nope. That is not part of our processes. No shit. Imagine being some fucking poor AEC worker trying to make a few bucks on a fucking penalty weekend and having some cooker threaten to sue them because you know they would if they don't hold on to their dumb sign stat deck template. If you don't, if you don't lodge this, if you don't lodge this according to original law, I will sue you personally. That's what they're gonna say. I guarantee you. And they won't even yeah. train for this. This is fucking insane. So if you look at the UAP candidate Jason Olborn from the article, he said we sign a stat deck and give it to the polling booth operators so we can contest the election results if we deem them to be untrustworthy. How does that work, Jason? It doesn't, Jason. Jason, stop. Off to the high court. 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 This is the thing we saw last week, and we mentioned it this, and I'm just going to bring it up again. This is the paranoid little missive from Australia 1, which went along the lines of, message to the Australian Electoral Commission. If each ballot paper is not numbered like cash, is not accounted for like cash, is not protected like cash, or is not transported like cash, you're not conducting an election, but committing an act of treason for which there will be penalties. <laughs> hanging. Australia won. There we hanging. Good on Ricardo oh, Bozzi. Yeah. yeah. The man who got, th- just was it 300 votes in, uh, in Monero? Like yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, he was, he was defrauded. So when the Guardian asked UAP candidate Jason Alborn if he believed this election would be experiencing voter fraud, he replied, the concerns of the people are legitimate. All voices ought to be heard. And you know what? Some voices actually ought not to be heard. Some voices are bullshit. The ones pushing this bullshit disinformation to seed chaos in the electoral process and basically dismantle democracy, let's actually not hear them out. Let's just not. Because we are done giving them time on the podium and they just keep getting more violent and weird. Fuck them. I am no longer listening. 
if I ever was. As far as election safety goes, as usual, this one seems pretty tight. But they aren't listening and they won't listen. There's no point in communicating these points to these fucking cookers. They've made up their mind already. But the AEC is doing great work here. They're being proactive. They're making sure this shit does not go unanswered. But let's face it. They're not interested in checks and balances. Nope. They simply just want to chuck a tantrum, rile up the punters, and with any luck, violently overthrow the government on the law of the Parliament House. Then the hangers. That's what we do. And in other news, Joel, will Elon Musk take over Twitter? He says he has to in order to save mankind. And he also has the cash lying around to purchase Twitter. He might have to rummage around the coin jar, overturn the couch cushions and have a good prod around the back of the couch. But I think he can rustle up the kind of dough needed to take a dominant shareholding in the company. And he's got a lazy 9% already. So when he says he's doing this to save mankind, he presumably means freedom of speech, of which he describes himself as an absolutist. Basic bitch is actually what that means. Basic bitch. And does that mean that Twitter will have more misinformation on it? And indeed, will Elon be a significant contributor towards it? Is calling Elon Musk a massive cunt misinformation? Yeah, look, uh, he has been found out to be telling a few porkies because on April 15, a US federal court in San Francisco found tweets made by Elon Musk in 2018 as CEO of Tesla were false. The tweets by Musk claimed he had received funding to take his company private or finance, which obviously is market-sensitive information. But the court Mm -hmm. found that he hadn't sought to profit from the misleading tweets. The filing said that the court ruled on April 1 that Musk's 2018 tweets were false and misleading. The court, and I quote, held that he recklessly made the statements with knowledge as to their falsity. Investors in the electric car maker asked in the filing, submitted on Friday for US District Court Judge Edward Chen to block the celebrity entrepreneur from his, and I quote, public campaign to present a contradictory and false narrative regarding his 2018 tweets. Musk on Thursday claimed that funding actually had been secured to take Tesla private in 2018. I'm sure. It wasn't actually in place. He settled with US securities regulators over what the agency found to be false statements, paying fines and agreeing to have a lawyer approve some of his tweets before posting them. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. There's a there's a little yes. bit of free speech for you, but the lawyer's got to yeah. go over it first. When he tweets about Tesla's market, Musk, of course, is the world's richest man, according to a Forbes tally. I think he's worth about $220 bill at the moment. Last time I looked, might be more. He said uh, that funding to take his electrical car company private was actually secured at the time he posted his tweets, but the agency, in his words, Pursued the active public investigation nonetheless. So I was forced to concede to the SEC unlawfully. Those bastards, Musk told an audience. He's buying Twitter as a meme. The entire thing is a prank, and this annoys the fuck out of me. The world has a lot of challenges, and having the world's richest man play pranks on us on a mass scale is not helping anyone. Musk said he felt forced to settle with the SEC because banks threatened to cease providing capital if he did not do so, which would have made Tesla bankrupt immediately. That would have been interesting. So, he said, that's like having a gun to your child's head. 
I was forced to admit that I lied to save Tesla's life, and that's the only reason. So he did Bullshit. admit that he lied. Musk and Tesla each paid $20 million civil, fine, civil fines, and Musk stepped down as Tesla's chairman to resolve SEC claims that Musk defrauded investors on August 7, 2018, by posting on Twitter that he had funding secured to take the company private. The SEC said at the time his, fund, his funding tweets lacked the adequate basis in fact. That's another way of saying it was a lie. Yeah, yes. <laughs> a related con- consent, uh, a related consent dec- decree also required Musk to obtain pre-clearance from Tesla lawyers for tweets and other public statements that could be uh, material to Tesla. Musk rejected an invitation to join Twitter's board last Saturday after disclosing Oy. his current more than nine percent stake. He was re- uh, required to have disclosed that he held a stake exceeding five percent in Twitter and is expected to invite regulatory scrutiny for missing a deadline to disclose such a stake and filing the wrong form, according to securities experts. Mm -hmm. On launching his Twitter takeover bid, Musk said he made the offer because he believes, quote, it's very important for there to be an inclusive arena for free speech. Musk said he believes Twitter's algorithm should be open source and suggested yeah. the code behind it should be available on GitHub, a Microsoft-owned platform for sharing code for software development. I do like that. Asked if he had the financing to do the deal, that's the Twitter deal, Musk said, I have sufficient assets. He does. I can do it he if does. possible. He did not offer details. Now, the poor little <sighs> guy has just discovered the limits of free speech, or perhaps more accurately, that freedom of speech is one thing. Freedom of speech without consequence is another thing altogether. And I wonder what sort of cesspit of disinformation Twitter might become with the muster at the helm, Joel? Oh, I absolutely dread to think. One thing we can we can safely safely predict is that the Trumpster will get his account back. The Trumps will be posting oh, again. I can't wait. Can we not? Can we not? Money. I'll do anything for you. Money. Just tell me what you want me to do. And the conditional release program is proudly brought to you today by the Free Man on the Land movement. Had enough of paying taxes to the man, listeners? Who squander it on hospitals, roads, and that most pointless of all spending programs, education? Now, we here at the conditional release program say enough is enough. You work for those tax dollars, and just because everyone else has to pay them doesn't mean you have to. What are you, a sheep or a lion? (laughs) Or a lion without a driver's license? Because fuck that shit, I ain't paying for no stinking driver's license. No stinking driver's license. The free man on the land can help. Donate now, and you'll go from boring old John Smith or Wendy Brown to John underscore Smith, all in caps, comma, asterisk, 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 colon, and you won't be meek. Little Wendy Brown anymore. You're Wendy of the F- Brown family, and you do not consent ever. Here at the Conditional Release Program, we do consent. Oh. We do not consent to consent. Oh, we are free men travelling down the road, and we will not brook any unconstitutional agents committing treason. Hang him. Remember, listeners. Just by listening to the Conditional Release Program, you have entered into a contract with us, a contract that is binding under 17th century maritime law. You are a three pigs and a goat, and by the end of the show, it'll be four That's the big. That's the big. That's the way it works. Don't ask what we want the goat for. That's sovereign business. (laughs) So why not go fully blowing soft sit, listeners, amuse your friends, get tased by police, lose all your worldly goods, and live in a van down down by the river. Or Freeman on the land. It's in the Constitution, people. Not that Constitution. 
the real one, this one. Is it the green one or the red one? I don't know. It's it's, it's confusing. I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws within all, within... And with the soothing sounds of all-round top bloke with a brain the size of a planet, and you better believe that planet is Uranus, <laughs> Thanos, Paniades, echoing in our ears, it means it's time for which black pill fuck we said that. The quiz show that shows the horse sense of the cooker movement takes out all their spelling mistakes, tidies up the grammar a bit, so it's almost like a normal person almost. said it. And if you're successful in which black pill fuck we said that today, Joel, you'll receive a comma which you'll be able to place after your name and confound government <laughs> databases as your first step to becoming a free man on the land and never have to pay taxes ever again. I'm too chicken shit to use it. <laughs> Are you ready, Joel? Yeah, I suppose. Uh, this comes from listener Andrew who uh, got in touch with me during the week. It's a wonderful, wonderful quote. I think I know who you're talking about. Okay, well, we're about to find out. And here's the quote. At least for Anzac Day... At least turn up and make your final oh, stand no. and stay up there until we've actually made change. That's not Get good. Get your affairs in order. Not good. You're about to die. Get everything ready. Pack up for the long haul. This time Australians are going to Canberra and they're mm. not going anywhere. Well. Actually, they're actually going to Canberra. Yeah. Well, they are. Yeah. Uh, anyway. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's interesting. didn't tidy up the grammar all that well on this one. <laughs> this time Australians are going to Canberra and they're not going anywhere. It is time for Australians to unite as one. It is time for us to show them what exactly the power of the people should be. I already know this one, but I want to hear the answers anyway. Go on. Was it owner of a tiny bird, which ironically has a bigger brain than she does? Amanda Amen. Sheedy? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> or was it won a ticket in the meat tray, president of the ACT branch of the RSL, Dennis King? Oh. Or was it Australia's own Nelson Mandela, if Nelson Mandela was a perpetual grifter and a political fringe lobbyist, Monica Smith? Or was it... <laughs> She never met a dead person she couldn't claim had died from the jab, Maria Z. I like the fact that Z's at the end because I fucking hate her. It's Sheeds. It is in Sheeds. Well done, Joel. You're well on the way <laughs> to winning that comma. Oh, I've uh, seen that one. Yeah, look, I picked it up. Uh, uh, well, Andrew's uh, flipped it through to us. I don't care, Andrew. Thank you, you Andrew. deserve a stubby holder. It's uh, no problem. Yeah, You've been a very that good is, listener. That is stubby holder worthy, right? Good there. friend of the podcast. Good friend Excellent of the podcast. Excellent quote, just to show you how stupid they are. They're getting to Canberra, but they're not going anywhere. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't know how you get there if you're not going anywhere. That's what trouble I like to see Moobrew being kept cold anyway, so I'm happy to see it happen. This is Anyway, you're you're well on the way to winning that comma. Uh, (laughs) Here's quote two. If I had my way, I would get everyone out of Canberra. Okay. I would bring this in and bring in the bombers and I'd take it out. Finish. It would be a 9-11 monument. Uh, I know. That, just for some context, was while the – the quota was actually looking at the federal parliament. He was. If I had my was. way, I would get everyone out of camera. I would ring this in and bring in the bombers. Uh, was that the Essendon Football Club? Probably not. They're not going all that well. <laughs> Can you imagine they're all like <laughs> kicking the like the walls of Parliament House? Yeah, just, just like, just oh, kicking, it's, kicking it's pretty hard. 
<laughs> oh, this sucks. We're going to have to do this a long time. Yeah, this training session's bullshit. Uh, and so it would be a 9-11 monument. I don't even understand what that is. Uh, you know where he's is. going with it. It's terrorist sort of shit. Small, what, 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 yeah. Anyway, was that? Still working on his hanging policy, but it's a fair guess that when he does roll it out, it will involve more hanging rather than less hanging. Ricardo Bozzi. More, always more, no, never less. Oh, was it? Cool. No, nah, that was a nice trip, right, brah? A nice drop. I liked it. Concreter <laughs> and perpetual grifter, Dave Kangaguru Graham. Or was it soldier, freedom fighter and casual mass murderer, Illich Ramirez Sanchez, a.k.a. Carlos the Jackal? Ooh, spicy. Or was it, gonna have to face it, you're addicted to porn. <laughs> <laughs> Retired aviator Graham Hoodie hood. Oh, that was worth it just for that last fucking option. That was so great. Your stomach's tight. I just, I love your camperies. I love your karaoke moments. I wish we had more of them. I'm sure the listeners completely. Poor old hoodie. I think he's off the porn now. Fair, fair crack of the whip. Oh, come on. I think if anyone sent him a you porn or a Pornhub link or something like that, he'd be, he'd be, he'd be gone again. He's having a sneaky when the wife's away. He's having one off the wrist. I know. On a fairly regular basis. God love him. Next to Teeny Weenie, Dave Kangaguru Graham. This is a famous quote. This is like this is like light on the hill speech shit you're talking about here, man. Maybe we're not making things hard enough for you to win that comma. Um, Look, maybe you want me to have that comma. Maybe there's some weird shit you want me to hide behind my lawlessness. It definitely was that was uh, was the guru, and the little quote there was what he said to his drug dealer, which will always stay in my memory. No, nah, that was a nice trip, right, bro? A nice drop. Yeah, yeah. Um, that yeah. was so bad. I used to have to park like a block away from my drug dealer's house. They were on the verge of revolution, Joel. All that stuff was going out the window. That's oh, fuck All right. off. Okay, anyway. calm down. Two thirds. On we go. the way towards winning that comma after your name. And here's the third quote. We are learning that vaccine passports are not just for travel. They will incrementally be rolled out for, all in caps, everything. And without it, you will not be able to buy, sell or trade in the economy. Hmm. Now, okay. where have we heard that warning? Uh, yeah, Once okay. this system is in place, everyone will hate it and everyone will wish they did something to help stop it. But by then, it will be too late. Yeah, this is an idiot. I'm looking for an idiot. Was it mortal enemy of the Gregorian calendar? Is it Wednesday? Because yesterday felt like Wednesday. <laughs> uh, I don't know anymore. Tom Barnett. Yeah. Or was it his ears are peeling and burnt? He has a chest infection. His eyes and ears are swollen and infected, poisoned by too many LRADs than he, than he can count, which turns out to be four. Yeah. Dave O'Neags. Almost certainly. Or was it the 90-centimeter, 200-liter freestanding dual fuel oven and stove? No. There's a, there's a cooker that's actually useful, <laughs> the Aliba by Fisher and Tycho. Oh, fuck. That's a thing, isn't it? <laughs> it is actually. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a cooker. It's um, a cooker. And it's a big, it's a big fella too, 90 Ooh. centimeter, 200 litres. 200 wow. litres. Oh, what could you cook in that? Or was it, I see a little silhouette of a man. Fonz <laughs> one and only, teeny weeny Malcolm Roberts. I almost joined you and I decided not to because I didn't have to edit it out. Uh, look, this has got to be Dave O'Neill that's really dumb. 
Yes, well done, Joel. You've won. You haven't had a win for months. <laughs> for this months. is fantastic. And look what you've won. You've won a comma yeah, that you it. can put after your name I and really- avoid taxes forevermore. But I wanted the last a- one. I want the last one so much more. This is shit. Nah, well, I'm not in charge of the prizes. I just, I'm just handing them out. But uh, we ask <laughs> listeners to send us an email if they've come across something really, really stupid said by Black Bill Fuckwitz. We want your input, listeners. If you've recently come across something posted that is so odd, so bizarre that it can only be appreciated by the criminally stupid, drop us a line. Send Jack a quote we can use on the show and bury it in the email, please. Otherwise, I'll see it. Remind listeners. The conditional release program stubby holder is actually the only stubby holder clinically proven to keep drinks cold. Uh, yes, and uh, your conditional release program can be shown to police in lieu of a driver's license <laughs> in the event where the unconstitutional agents of the pedophile government attempt you attempt to stop you from travelling. Bastards. So, so, yeah, just bear that in mind. Just flick the mat and... Just sit back and wait for the tasing. Uh, now, we ask listeners to drop us a line if they want to contribute to which Black Bill Fuckwit said that. Mark to the attention of Jack at our email address, the condition release program at gmail.com. We fired you. We sacked you. We dismissed you as what? As garbage, because that's all you are. You're a criminal. You're a traitor. And you're going to the biggest barbecue in history. So from Christmas dinner to you are the dinner. Thank you. That's what I'll go with. And in this week's Soft Sits V the Man, we ask, is there any proof? Maybe the answer is yes, maybe no, but let that question, is there any proof, be the latest catch cry of the sovereign citizen free man on the land movement in Australia. And this all came about when Rain Orion Crow, a.k.a. Rain Huddleston, fronted court on Monday facing charges of joint commission arson and resisting a territory public official after he was arrested over the weekend. Naughty. According to the Daily Telegraph, Crow did not enter any pleas and applied for bail, which was opposed by the prosecution over concerns the defendant would, A, not return to court, B, flee the ACT, <laughs> C, would convene with co-accused persons and oh, due to his sovereign citizen ideology, yep. he would not take court orders seriously. And he got bail anyway. Ah, oh, bless. Yeah. Gotta a, love the magistrate. What a system. The court heard, if found guilty, Mr. Crow could face a maximum penalty of 15 Jesus. years Jesus. Hey, setting fire to a parliament, I reckon that's a bit light. Well, well, how can he get done for setting fire on a pile? And that's it. Over there, not getting out. How do you get bail on a 15-year charge <laughs> that's what, that's when what, you're clearly... That's what I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Australian Federal Police Officer <laughs> Constable Callum Jones, who was attached to Operation Pike, an investigation into the December 30 fire at Old Parliament House, was asked by the prosecutor to give evidence. The constable told the court Mr Crow was considered a person of interest in relation to the old Parliament House fire. He told the court police believed Mr Crow was standing outside the fire at the Heritage Listed Building and would not let police go past him during the incident. Mr Jones said investigators had footage of him on CCTV and had found videos posted on social media by sovereign citizen protesters which depicted Mr Crow. Is there any proof? Mr. Crow interjected. It sounds yeah. like there is. You know that bit yeah. about the videos and the fucking social media posts, you fucking idiot? Yeah. That's, well, the, that's yeah. the proof. Feels like that's the yeah. evidence. That's, yeah. I just, 
Just saying. Yeah. Uh, the police officer resumed giving evidence. <laughs> you just get that sense of like everyone's just sort of gone, oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> for a little idiot. while. You know, and everyone was loudly exhaling. And then we a got face back palm, to- face palm, they say. Mr. Jones uh, uh, resumed, the, the police officer resumed giving evidence and told the court that police believe there are more than 12 co-defendants relating to the December 35. Mr. Jones said Mr. Crow was only located Hated by police after he is found with cannabis in his system Uh-oh. during ah, a routine drug driving operation. Yeah, yeah. And gotcha, gotcha, Crowey. Uh, the police oh, officer alleged Crow was closely linked to co-offenders such as Bruce Shillingsworth Jr. Sorry, Bruce Shillingsworth. Shillingsworth, yeah. 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 You, <laughs> you were so far ahead of me on that one. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> He's thinking about buying Twitter. I anyway, love that joke. I love that joke. <laughs> following the evidence given by the police witness, Mr. Crow's lawyer told the court his client had links to communities in New South Wales and the Northern Territory, but was currently living in the suburb. He's not living in a van down the river, sadly, no. but currently living in the suburb of Griffith in Canberra's inner south. Not the even lawyer a river. told the court Mr. Crow had obtained work as an assistant warehouse manager in Fishwick. Poor chop. And that he provided <laughs> care to his grandfather who has a number of illnesses and requires dialysis. Yeah, poor bugger. Yeah, there's your bail application there. Following yeah, an adjournment, yeah. Chief Magistrate Lorraine Walker granted Mr. Crow bail under a number of strict conditions. We're leading up to a punchline here, folks, including <laughs> to not contact any co-defendants, Ooh. to not leave the ACT, and to not visit the suburbs of Parks and Barton without a prearranged appointment. Mm. The magistrate listed a number of names of people currently before the court on charges relating to the December 30 fire. Nicholas Reed, Bruce Trillionsworth Jr., <laughs> Ryan Harder, yeah. Dylan Wilson. G'day, Gidge. River Williams, she said, they call me on a daily basis, Mr. Crow. <laughs> 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 well, 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 Ms. Walker their said, if they do, you should know their numbers, block them. Yes, so that's, exactly. That's going to work. That's going to work. Mr. Crow will next appear in court on May 2, where we'll take a look at the scoreboard. And I feel fairly sure it will read, Sovsit Zero, the man, the man one. one. I mean, come on. <laughs> that's, that's well, they call me on a daily basis. They call me on a daily basis. Oh. One thing I'd say about Mr. Crow is that he hasn't played, while he's got this sort of soft sit background, he hasn't played the sort of traditional soft sit no, nonsense in like court. That, no. He no. obviously realises that things are at a fairly serious stage Yeah, uh, in terms of his uh, – um, uh, future in, in in very considerable ways in society, over the next yeah. fifteen years, yeah, yeah uh, or more. I respect that. I respect that. Like, but I just love that. You know, you know he was just <laughs> the copper goes through the evidence list. It's fairly significant. Is there any proof? <laughs> well, you know, we got a bit here. We yeah, got you on. We got you on video, mate. Yeah. Anyway, we'll yeah. keep you updated on that. Because uh, it is it's very funny. I mean, look, it's, it's arson's, really funny. arson's really never been so funny. No, no, it hasn't. And now we must descend to depths normally beyond the physical abilities of mere humans. But it's okay for rabbits, and we're following them down, 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 down as we take a look at independence. That's indies if you know them well enough. In this week's rabbit hole. <laughs> And with the federal election uh, 
due on May 21, just a mere five weeks away. The polls are showing in that other band, that uh, small small group away from the major parties, that's fond, Pauline Hanson's One Nation, is at 4%, up a bit. Greens at 10, pretty steady. UAP at 4, up sort of almost 1%. You know, they're, they're sort of 3 three and a bit, almost four, with what we call others running around 10%. And that other group is largely made up of independents. There are a number of single-issue parties and, uh, and and groups like IMOP, anti, straight-out anti-vax groups. Yeah. Um, there, are, there are parties like Animal Justice Party and so forth. But uh, the Indies are, are going to take up a fair amount of that 10%, I would think. And tell us a little bit about one group of independents, Joe, the Climate 200 Indies. Well, we do have the Climate 200 Independents who are a thing. Basically, that's how they are. They're a thing. They're kind of a phantom thing. They're funded by a large amount of funders, including big notes like Mike Cannon-Brooks and other fairly opaque characters. And I don't want to get into too many things because I know too much. But there's some very wealthy people behind these Indies, and they're not strapped for cash. They're backed by GetUp. Fair enough. I won't say they're not. Some, some of them are. Some of them are GetUp. Some, but yes, they are definitely backed by uh, what we what we call seasoned political campaign organisers. Yes, and uh, and donators as well. There's money and there's strategy. There's brains behind this operation. It, they they say they're independents, and I believe they are. I don't think they're beholden to the people who have put them in power, but they're being put into power by people who know how to put people into power. Which, honestly, if this was a right-wing outfit, I would be fucking terrified of this. Because this is a, like, this is a, for lack of a better term, left-wing wave, but it's a climate change wave, which climate change is associated with the left. But their donors list is crazy. They're fundraising like mad. There's shadiness in it for those who don't see it for what it is. And I would be a very rattled cooker if I saw this happening, seeing big money, challenging safe liberal seats and having a chance of winning. It's a very interesting electoral phenomenon and I thought it was really worth fleshing out. Yes, and they are running in a lot of liberal blue ribbon seats. Um, It it is an example of what money can get you. Um, uh, The grouped independents include current uh, independent MPs, Andrew Wilkie. He'd get in anyway. Clark, well, he's going to bolt home. Alan Haynes in in Indi in Victoria. And Zali Stegall in in Moringa, uh, who beat... uh, beat Tony Abbott in 2019. They're all certainties to be returned. I mean, Stegall might have been looking a little bit shaky, but uh, (laughs) uh, now she's looking very, very safe (laughs) after the Liberal candidate Moringa, Catherine Deves, I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Catherine Deves has been shown to be a turf and homophobic (laughs) social media postings. um, Yeah, um, see you later. Well, no. she she apologised for the first one, and then another one was found out, and then she apologised for that, and then she apologised for for the third one. Now, the libs will know that they're not going to win. No, they're certainly going to win it now, but they were they were probably never going to get get Waringa back. They're facing a dollar around. five, I think. So maybe Morrison is actually sort of tilting with you know, but in supporting Dees, which a number of liberal moderates. Uh, are actually calling for her to be disendorsed. Yeah, uh, Morrison is refusing to do so. He, she is a captain's pick, by the way. Yes, yes, yeah. And uh, and maybe all that sort of turf homophobic stuff. Uh, Morrison is playing to Western Sydney a little yep. bit. 
you know. There, there's certainly that element. There. I've heard that. I think it's a really good theory. I think it's a very strong theory. Yeah, look, it, it won't do him any harm in no. some of those uh, Western Sydney seats, uh, places like uh, the really narrow marginals, liberal-held marginals in Western Sydney like Page. I mean, that's kind of where the battle's being fought, really, for, yeah. for power. It's uh, a satanic panic <clears throat> move, and it makes sense. Look, internal polling taken before the election, uh, was called, which that's got to be qualified. You know, people aren't really thinking how they're going to vote until an election is called. So it's well, kind of a bit airy fairy. The internal polling that was undertaken on behalf of the the climate two hundred, especially in these seats. These seats are real. Like when you bring an independent in who is taking on a, a, a liberal uh, safe seat, to call it a swing seat is insane. But I would say it's a swing seat in this bizarre paradigm. Oh yeah, look, we'll go we'll go through the sort of numbers on it in a minute. But yeah, but the I'm internal polling it. was showing Allegra Spender would win. In Wentworth. Yeah, um, that's big. Zoe Daniel, I think, was looking okay. I think still a bit behind, but looking okay. That's Tim Wilson's seat. Yeah, that's Tim Wilson's seat. Big take. Dr. Monique Ryan in Frydenberg's seat of Kuyong was going yeah. pretty well. That's and a big deal. maybe Sophie Scamps in McKellar, which My is one of those down. seats that just hasn't even been thought about. The Libs hold it by a fairly significant margin. They hate outsiders and they think Falinski's an outsider, and I reckon... And she's got claws. Yeah, well, it's if Jason Felinski is the Liberal sitting member in McKellar, and um, he is a sort of hard right fellow. So you know, from from from, from the right wing faction, when I want to say hard right, that's not. I don't want to think people. People think that he's a, an extremist, but he is from the right wing faction of the party. And we are dealing with electorates that are full of one fairly high wealth people. Two, oh, yeah. uh, high levels of education. Yep. Three, unsatisfied with the way the Liberal Party has approached yep. issues like climate change, climate change in particular, of course. And that's where the higher education comes in because these people are highly educated. They see climate change for the threat it is and they understand it. And this is why they can't be taken for granted by a Liberal Party mm. that relies on the lowest common denominator to discount climate change as being a side topic. They can't do that anymore. It's over. When we when we talk about swings, you can have massive swings very, very quickly when you throw independence in. But as it stands, well, Frydenberg did face an independent last time. He holds a seat by just 6.4%, which is a pretty remarkable thing. You know, this is, Kuyong is the seat of, of Turak uh, and Hawthorne and Malvern and places like this. This wealthy, is old wealthy liberal money. Yeah. So that's, you know, 6.4 there. Uh, Goldstein is 7.8%. Hasn't been sort of Indies running around there. Oh, Goldstein's a, uh, a, 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 a sort of up and down seat. It, it takes in parts of St Kilda and Elwood, okay. which is a sort of bo- sort of bohemian sort of place. Yeah, okay. The property's very expensive there, but then moves yeah. down south to Brighton, where you know there's a lot of there's a lot of money. Uh, a lot of money, yeah. Uh, and 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 so those are the those are the sorts of seats uh, that the that these guys can pick up. And so when we talk about swings, when a when an independent comes in and picks up say twenty five percent of the primary vote, you yeah. get massive swings. You can get massive swings. Uh, Labor will almost certainly preference the climate two hundreds. Absolutely. Yep. So, and um, uh, and so that would mean if if they're finishing. Yeah, and the Greens probably will as as well. Yep. So, so yep. if they, if they're getting sort of twenty five to thirty percent of the vote, they win. They win yep. on preferences. After a long counting night, 
Sure, but they're looking good. Yeah, look, it'll be a long and involved, uh, long and involved uh, uh, counting night. There's no doubt because it will all come down to preferences. But yeah. if most of the others and the others being Labor in in this case, or Greens, uh, yeah. and the Greens in these seats preference the Climate 200 candidates, you'd expect them to win a few. Now, look, they might not. It, 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 they might not win any. They, they might, might not, not win any seats. They'll, they'll certainly they hold not. the three they've got. Yes. This polling, as I said, was undertaken before the election, so therefore it's not entirely reliable. People aren't, you know, really look, raise a focus on where they're going to vote or how they're going to vote until an election is called, and, and I haven't seen any polling beyond that. What we have seen is um, in terms of betting markets, if you want to look at that as a sort of... yeah. We all do, shamefully. Way of uh, showing any trend. Allegra Spender in Wentworth is is $2.05 with uh, Dave Sharma at $1.70. So Dave Sharma's the, really? the favourite, but not clear favourite. Okay. Uh, Waringa Zali Stegel is paying a dollar five. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's, that's kind of all over. Yeah. There's been a bit of a shift. To Kylie Tink in North Sydney, really? but she's two forty uh, against um, uh, Zimmerman, Trent Zimmerman, uh, the Liberal uh, sitting member, who's a dollar fifty-two. Been a little okay. bit of money there. Interesting. In McKellar, you can get the Independent at two eighty, and, uh, wow. and a sitting member at two at a dollar forty. So none I'm of them are favoured to win. And when we get to Victoria in the betting markets alone, uh, Frydenberg's come into a dollar forty-five with the Independent. Uh, Monique Ryan, two fifty two, wow. and Willow is uh, is a buck seventy five with Zoe Daniel two dollars. They're the ones that are most likely to go. There is another seat in New South Wales, the seat of Page, uh, where there is another climate two hundred candidate. That I'm hearing a bit of a whisper might come to pass. Now Page is in sort of ooh, central eastern New South Wales, coastal okay. New South Wales. There is a history of uh, of independents being elected there. Hanbeth Luke is the independent candidate in Page. Okay. Yeah, so uh, it, it could be that none of them, none of them get up. Yeah. I must also mention that in Hughes, uh, there is a coalition <laughs> 200 indie running there. Of course, Hughes is the uh, the seat of the one and only, thank God, Craig the Kelly. The one and only. Can I just run you through the betting on that? Liberals are $1.25 to retain that seat. We call yep. it a retain because Kelly was elected as a Liberal member as in we know, 2019 yep. Yep. and then, then jumped ship after that. So yep. they're $1.25 to retain that seat. The Independent, the Climate 200 Independent, is paying $6. Labor, $12.00. Craig Kelly, $11 Ooh. to win Hughes. Double uh, ditch. If you're, if, you're a, if you're a long odds punter, uh, don't put, no, please don't put the house on it. Um. <laughs> well, I will say that uh, one of our patrons actually told us that um, in his electorate, uh, there are no core flutes. There's no real like uh, on the ground pressure. They're core flutes for everyone but him. It's a hot contest in Hughes, and he's not a part of it, which he's I thought there. was really interesting because I thought they would pump money into that. It's the leader of the UAP, right? Because Clive's clearly running an actual political party, right? It's like they put the white flag up a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Because we're always wondering what Kelly was going to do, whether he was going to run the Senate. It's, oh, he's it's- walking into an abattoir. 
He's a fucking well, idiot. Uh, it, it, there's got to be there's got to be something. I, look, I am merely speculating that he's been that he's received some sort of job offer or some some uh, you know a, a, a position within the UAP provided by Clive win lose or draw and lose is is what's going to happen in in Hughes because he's going to fucking lose and like apparently yeah, oh, there's no doubt but they're throwing it. It's a bit of a shame to see all this carve up. I mean Hughes is a you know south western seat in uh, seat in south western. Sydney that takes in parts of Liverpool. You know, I mean, this is kind of Labour heartland, but yeah. with uh, Kelly and and the Libs, and now you've got a, a Climate 200 candidate there, Labor's been pushed out to the fourth line of Eddie. Yeah. You know, they, they were half a chance to win it in 2019, you know, a, a slim chance to win it in 2019. And if you look at the boundaries, you, you go, well, you should be in the running here because it takes in great chunks of Liverpool, which is a sort of working-class area. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as I say, so so the, these, these Climate 200, there's more than that by the way, and, and if people are really interested, you, you can go to their website, climate200.com.au, uh, and you'll see them all there, including the sitting members. There are, we'll talk about David Pocock, who is who is uh, part of that Climate 200. He is, he is, yeah. He's, he's an independent candidate for the Senate in the, uh, in the ACT. And then when we look at across at this sort of mainly women, in fact, all but uh, Pocock yeah. and, uh, and yeah. Wilkie and Alex Dyson, who's the independent yep. candidate for Wannan, which is a, a very safe Liberal seat in Western Victoria. Yep. And when we look at these people, really, the Liberal Party under a set of different circumstances, would Liberal Party men would give their right oh. nuts would give their right nuts but to have these, have these people as candidates. Yeah. Just have a listen to, you know, just some of the, the resumes here. Dr. Monique Ryan, she's running against Frydenberg in Kuyong, Director of Neurology at the Royal Children's Hospital to pioneer <laughs> yeah. new treatments for childhood nerve and muscle disorders. Yeah. That's a high-profile candidate. Mate, they were all brilliant. Dr. Sophie Scamps in McKellar. Narrabeen GP, former Monavale Hospital Emergency Doctor yep. and founder of community-run waste and carbon reduction NGO, Our Blue Dot. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, uh, Pocock, we all know his background. Despy O'Connor, who is the uh, candidate in Flinders, where she run against a, a Liberal candidate with uh, the uh, former health minister retiring. Uh, she's a long-term uh, Peninsula resident, teacher, active in local sporting clubs, shy council. So these are the, they should, these should be Liberal candidates. If the Liberal Party was behaving normally, yeah. these people would be... If they, um, it wasn't full of cookers. Yeah, if it's it wasn't a, full, of, full, they full, are, full of hard right people. Uh, they are perfect wet liberals. Liberals, I'll give you that. Kylia Tink, who's the independent candidate for North Sydney, businesswoman, consultant, former CEO of Cancer Charities, Camp Quality and the McGrath Foundation. Great candidate. Trent Zimmerman, you've got your work cut out for you. So this and is, he's a great this is guy the point. as there well. Are, there, it sucks. there are a large number of them. There's also Joe Dyer, who follows me on yeah. Twitter and me, her. Joe Dyer, of course, oh, has, your mate, has hey. come into yeah. come to the news. She's in a, well, her resume is an Australian theatre and film producer and director of Adelaide Writers Week. Uh, she's running in Boothby where Labor is favoured to um, gain uh, a Liberal Health liberal health seat, retiring Liberal okay. member there. And, of course, Joe Dyer was prominent in the in the scandal surrounding um, Christian Porter. Ah. She was a friend of the uh, now deceased uh, woman who uh, made the allegation of rape against Christian Porter. So that's Joe Dyer. She's part of the Climate 200 group as well. So 
Go so these are these are really powerful people. They're certainly not running 150. I, I, I did miss Zoe Daniel. Of course, people will know Zoe Daniel is an ABC journalist. She was um, um, their uh, American correspondent for a long time during the Trump period as well. And uh, and she's running against uh, Tim uh, Wilson. You can see, like these are good resumes. They've vetted their candidates. Well, and, and one one person I have left out, and and one of our actual listeners uh, picked me up and correct me on this. And Rebecca Sharkey, she's a She's a sitting member of parliament. She was with the party called Centre Alliance, which has kind of sort of fallen apart. Yeah, that and, was tricky. And yeah. now she's running as a, an independent member. But she's of been there. She's got. She's got. Oh friends. no, she, she'll absolutely shit in Mayo. Abs- there's no doubt in my mind that she'll okay. win Mayo comfortably. So that's the lesson. Right. If you lose these seats, this is a lesson. This is why the Liberal Party is quietly terrified about this. Yeah. If they lose them, you don't get them back. You don't get them back for a long, long time. Because Mayo is Alexander down a seat. Like it's a it's a classic Liberal seat. It is indeed. And it's so like that's a what that's legacy what seat for them. And we might say Warringah. Warringah went through an independent stage, and then Dave Sharma won it back, and and and, and so on. You know, maybe it doesn't. Worked that way, but uh, sorry, not Warringah. I mean Wentworth. But you look at Warringah now, and Zali Stegall, she's a she's a walk up start to win that seat. You you look even further at someone like Andrew Wilkie, who's the independent MP for Clark in Tasmania. He is unbeatable. Yeah. He is unbeatable. He's amazing, there. and he's fantastic. And so and, and so and the same thing will happen with Helen Haynes because people in uh, seats that are held by independents go, oh yeah, okay, well you know I'm not part of the government, and 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 I, I know that these people are going to be agitating for me. And furthermore, if I have to knock on their door and ask for uh, on their electoral office door and, and ask some assistance, I know I'm going to get it. Yeah. So there, there's lots of reasons why people, you know. Not least of all that they despise uh, the major parties that they may turn to. What are what are some fairly um, uh, fairly decent people uh, acting on their behalf? Absolutely, absolutely. And then, of course, we transfer to the Senate. Yeah, well, the, the Senate. One thing you can say about the Senate is, regardless of the election result, the Senate will continue to be a circus. We've got, <laughs> yes, it will. Yes, it, will, it will. You know, it's, it's, not, it's actually not uh, Which a, a I circus. Like, it's personally. a freak show. It's a freak show. I, I like a freak show myself, uh, but yeah. Uh, of, of, uh, and, and made more so because the, the fact that the major parties essentially assign Senate positions to to their faithful, yes, you know you you don't have to be talented. Yeah. You've just raised enough money, yeah, or, yeah, or you're or, you've done the right thing, or yeah, yeah, or yeah. you've or, or you've worked it's too true. Or You've worked for the administrative branch, or you're a trade union figure in the case of Labor, and you just get that gig. That's why I always vote minority parties in the Senate because fuck them. A lot of people do. Going back to the days of the Australian Democrats, that's what people used to do. You Keep know, the bastards honest, honest, mate. You know, Keep that the bastards sort of honest. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's when it's, when you get to the house. Just before we move on to cookers, getting into parliament, when we move into the house, we look at the house. What we see is a decline in the primary vote of the two major parties, going back really to the seventies. If we go back to the nineteen seventy seven election, over ninety percent of people voted either for the coalition or Labor yeah. in that election, over 90%. Yeah. You so can't there was, evade there that. There was nothing to split it. Now, it is. in 2019, it was 71. 
And I yeah. think it'll even be lower. And you've got this long trend of decline in that primary vote for the two major parties. I'll say on the record, I'm I'm voting Green. I'm voting Jane Caro in the Senate first, just for fun. But then I'm going to vote for the Greens because I think she'll be really hilarious. I think she's really funny. Her tweets are fantastic. <laughs> so, there, so there we go. So basically, a, a Fairfax or Nine media poll, reveal poll, um, uh, came up with. Labor 34, primary vote, coalition 35, that's 69. So yeah. that's going to be about where it is. Sit around that 70%. 71 in 2019, it'll be a little bit less, particularly driven by these independents, uh, the, the, the Climate 200 independents overall, a little bit of what we might call the other others, and that's FON. But they won't poll anymore, I don't think, you know, Within within a one percentile, they won't poll any better than they did in 2019, and UAP won't do any better. So you do have this sort of uh, burgeoning number of independents. Labor, of course, Christine Keneally is is facing in Fowler in the inner west is facing um, a bit of an attack from uh, from an independent there who's I think a deputy mayor, uh, Vietnamese woman, uh, this actual a, local, actual local, um, and um, KK uh, hates that. Yeah, she's got a work cut out for her. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Um, uh, the the the, um, the the candidate. You know, this, this this is a seat that takes in you know areas where a lot of immigrants live. It's a very heavy Vietnamese and Cambodian population, etc. And she's Vietnamese herself, the candidate. So Christina Keneally, for what it's worth, on the betting is a dollar thirty five to hold Fowler with the um, with the independent candidate at three dollars in for four dollars ten. So there you go. So you know, in, in what we might call the sane independence. <laughs> We're likely to see. I mean, look, if I was going to go out in a limb, I'd say maybe two, but I may be wrong. I mean, it, we'll see. We're going to see how this year. We're going to see how this. Unfolds. Those odds are interesting though, because I thought that a lot of those indies would have been better odds than that. Yeah. But let's face it. I put money on Zali at two dollars seventy, and here she is. So yeah, that's 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 one thing about betting markets and independence. They, they don't change. pick up. Yeah, they don't pick up that that there are trends going on, you know, and yeah. perhaps people yeah. who are voting independent aren't betting independent, uh, aren't betting for independent candidates. And it was about so. a day after my bet that those odds went to about two dollars. What I will say though is that the House and the Senate are very different tickets. And one thing that I found very interesting about the Cooker vote, which is that there's been this massive campaign around independence. Everything's an independent now. Everyone's an independent because they're so independent. Oh, we're so freedom. We love liberty. We love liberty. We're independence. We're not tied to anything. Bullshit. Yeah, well, let's go back even further when we talk about cookers, right? When we talk about cookers, the major parties won't let them in. Well, with the, with the exception of oh, the Liberal, Liberal Party every now and well, then. Well, fine. And so the only way you can get in is either as an independent or or a, or a single-issue party will go nowhere or fine or UAP who have got a yeah. fair amount of nuts. It's it, 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 it's perhaps worthwhile remembering that in the House or House, there are 151 seats around Australia and, and the UAP and fine are going to be have run, are running candidates in all 151, with the, with the exception, I think, of might only be 150 for both. Both of them, because uh, the uh, Fon candidate in Brisbane has been disendorsed. Ooh, has been. They've still got a couple of days to sell out, though. And uh, and I think the UAP gave one of them uh, the marching orders down in Melbourne. The other thing about this is we're recording this on the 18th of the 4th. Uh, nominations for candidates close on like, Wednesday, two days from yeah. today. 
Yeah. So nothing's quite final yet. No, and that's why I want to be reluctant to say things are final, but I will say that things are being challenged. Yeah, let's let's have a look at say Monica and and her uh, and, and 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 her husband to be. So they 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 were all over the shop. I mean, just the history of it is that they were going to run their own party, took their money, well, took yes, their money yes, for membership. Course. Uh, said they'd refund it. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. Maybe didn't. not. Maybe not. Uh, <clears throat> and, and then didn't run a party. Then they were going to be lobbyists and working for UAP and, and involved there. And then they decided to jump out of that as well because the UAP have sort of been a bit on the nose with a lot of cookers. Yeah. Yeah, so what, what are they doing now? They're Monica and they're Morgan, independents. They're they grouped independents. Well, what they've done is they've done this thing which David Pocock did, which is basically from going from this "I'm an independent guy" to being "I'm going to be above the line," doing the exact same thing with different paperwork. So they've got a running mate, Monica Smith, as the "I'm not sure" party, and they'll be above the line in the election. But it's this thing of someone tapping the shoulder and saying, "Mate, as an independent." You stand even less of a fucking chance than you did in, in any way, shape, or form. You are fucked. I, I was wondering about this, and I don't know what the answer is, and I'll, I'll, I'll actually put some questions to the AEC. But if you're a grouped independent, and Monica and Morgan, her her, her fiancé, are, they're, they're, group, they're a group of two, but do they, because basically the way the ballot paper... This is what Pocock paper, did. This is what I'm trying to say. Pocock did this. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, do they appear? So that my understanding is on the ballot paper, they will appear towards the end of it, that you don't get on that you don't get on the ballot paper in the early stages of it as a grouped independent. Is that not random? I'm not... I'm, no, it's actually done as a, you know, um, not a coin toss, you know, um, sh- um, draw straws sort of thing. I thought um, they did that. But I don't know that... What the bit I don't know is whether grouped independents are in that ballot to see who goes first, second, third, fourth. Because if you're first, you're laughing, right? You know, people's going to go one. And well, I wouldn't say you'd get a donkey vote of fifteen percent. I think they're still fucked, to be honest. Even a cooker donkey vote. What I'm saying, no, what, yeah, I know, but what I'm saying is that it, 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 even though they're grouped. They'll still be at the end. That's my thought, but I may be wrong. I'll be interested to see They'll still be at the end, you know, towards the end of that, you know, fucking tablecloth of a ballot paper. Might be the lottery at the at the the end of the process. I've always seen it being a lottery. Only in the House, though. I don't know the Senate, but I know in the House it is that thing where they do the that they they roll. I've seen it happen before. I actually literally watched it where they put the numbers in the thing and they roll like a bingo thing and they take the numbers out. That's right, and they do the same thing with the Senate. What I'm saying is, I think they might do it. Take into account the parties, all of the parties, but I'm not sure that the grouped independents go into that ballot. Is what Uh, I'm saying. Okay. So that they might. My understanding, my memory of the Senate ballot is that grouped independents go towards the end of the Interesting. Anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I may be wrong. I'm going to check with the AEC about this because, yeah, basically um, that's how the Lib Dems, who will have to change their name now by order of the High Court, that's how the Lib Dems got a senator because they were first on that Senate ballot Yeah, paper. yeah. Well, there also was the fact that they mistaken them for being liberals. So a lot of and, idiots yeah, yeah, yeah. thought they were voting for liberals here. Liberal, <laughs> Annabelle Krebs said liberal voters who can't read um, had voted for them. Uh, yeah. <coughs> which is absolutely true. But what I'm saying is, yeah, so the independent groups are still down the other end. That's my, that's my 
uh, that's my understanding, but I'm going to check with the AEC about that, how they put grouped independence on the ballot, on the Senate ballot. And if we look at the Senate ballot, it's just become enormous. It's, it's like ridiculous. A fucking billiard table now. And it's really, and of course, you just don't do the one anymore. If you just put the one above the line, that's not enough. You can't let preference whisperers do their thing. You've got to actually think yeah, that's it right. through. It's actually good reform. It's a really good reform. It so is you gotta a good go, reform. Let's face it. I really like Ricky Muir, but let's not do that again. I mean, the next Ricky Muir is a cooker. So fuck that. But someone should go and find Ricky because he was a half decent guy. I'd bring and he tried hard. Second. And he when tried he tried hard. And when he, yeah, and when he, he said, okay, well, I'm going to look at the legislation. I'm going to seek some advice. He was Jackie Lambie, vote. but a bloke. Yeah, I'm just going to I'm just going to vote on what I think is good. What I, I think is like good him. for the state of Victoria, which is his Exactly what a senate senator should be doing. They represent I, their states. I'd take him back in a heartbeat. All right. So, Joel, that's enough of independence and their lousy independentry because now it's time to look at a man who is dependent. Mm. He's dependent on us listening to him because if we don't, he'll collapse into a craggy ball and start crying. Aww. So we better listen up. He's had a big week and we're going to hear all about it in the week in Pete Evans. It has been a huge week of Peter Evans with the craggy faked landscape gardener taking yet another tumble in his ride on the lawnmower. Now, Uh-oh. listeners, I can hear your gasp from here, but settle your petals. For <laughs> better or worse, he's going to be okay. Kind of hoped he'd get a bit of a head gash on that one, but that's right. Here's his adorable little telegram post on the topic, which reads, this was a fun one to surrender into today. Oh. As I was sliding and I realized I wasn't going to stop and there was nothing I could do about it and seeing the ditch coming up, full stop, I did what I do in the surf when I'm in a serious situation. Why is that full stop there? I trust and surrender and let go. Just let go. Just let go. And I got to say, though, my heart was beating fast on this one as it was the heaviest mowing wipeout I've had so far. So this is not a push mower. Uh, Pete doesn't have no. a, you know, he doesn't have a pushy. He's, he's got, he's got the ride on. He's got the ride on. He's fallen off the ride on. Did the ride on come back at him? What uh, happened? What I, happened? I saw, what do we know? I saw know? the picture, which we'll uh, we'll post in the ship posting group. It's uh, it's in a ditch, which is quite but funny. But he surrendered, and it was all right. He just but, went floppy. He just but went this floppy. This is the thing. I mean, like the surrender bit is such classic hippy dippy <laughs> bullshit. But it's not bad advice in <laughs> a situation floppy. like this. Just go I mean, floppy. Just go floppy. Let it happen. Floppy. You're not and, a movie. And, you're not and, Liam Neeson. You're not going to dive roll the safety. You're not fucking Keanu Reeves, are you, champion? You're just going to cop it sweet, drive into a ditch, and hope you don't break you're anything. You're an old man who, who was lucky not to be run over by a mower. You're a craggy face conspiracy theorist. Pick your lane. And he did. He did. Respect. Respect. Thanks now, my favourite bit here is that little shell bit, which is the heaviest mowing wipeout he's had <laughs> so far, which means he's had several of them. Yeah. I love that. Now, I'm just going to say this right now. It's my gut feeling that Pete was so busy watching Tucker Carlson's videos, <laughs> shitting on people of colour, making migrants from the South looking like rapists and cunts, that he yeah. forgot that there was a giant ditch in giant front of ditch, him. Giant ditch! Giant ditch, Pete! Oh, my God! Where's the where's the <laughs> salmon farm? We'll post the picture, as I said, on the shitposting group because, honestly, it's very funny. But it it's is a very fucking funny. deep ditch. How do he, you he would have been thinking of Tucker Carlson for sure. I mean, like, yeah, he was basically he was having a wet dream. 
But the thing is, man, Pete is an idiot, and he has all these toys that could easily kill him, but he also has freedom! 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 The freedom to mow over a ditch. It's, yeah. it's, 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 his, it's his biggest flaw. So I've had a lot of angry weeks in Pete Evans recently, and I just want to take it easy on Pete because, yeah. honestly, I, I feel like I'm sort of punching week. down at this point. Like, yeah. the guy's just had an accident. He's a You know, he's vulnerable. So I'm going you know, to let him go. He's been knocked around a bit. What else has Pete been up to? And I'm going to tell you what. Here's an image that you're all going to burn into your brain. <laughs> just picture this. This is from Pete. This is his words. I love synchronicity. I just watched this while sunbathing naked. Oh, yes. Jesus, Pete, not at your age. Jesus. Testicle tanning is a Ooh. thing. Well, whole body tanning is optimal. That means his anus. So why leave anything out? Good to see Tucker exploring this as well as talking about healthy meat consumption. Oh, and by the way, we have those juve red light machines in every room at Evolve Sanctuary for our guests to use. Uh, so. He managed, managed to put a managed plug in there at the end. Get a little plug in there. Oh, it's charming. It's charming stuff. Now, I just want you to sit there and Pete's got I've his- I've already his, thought about his, it enough. His, his feet are up. My brain just said that is enough. He's holding him. His gooch has been directly yeah. sunned, but nice yeah. northern heat. He's getting his anus tanned. He's getting his sure. anus tanned. He is. Now, I'm just going to say, was that as good for you as it was for me? Because I personally cracked a bit of a chub. But while we laugh at the idea of hippies doing that upward gooch towards the side, it, like, it looks like Pete, the fucking stereotype that he is, actually does tan his anus. Mm. I mean, the testicle, the gooch, the anus, they're all there. It's a highway to hell or a highway I'm, to I'm smell sure as well. Right. He's also a very hairy man, so, so I'm guessing there's going to be quite a lot of dags. I would imagine there's some Ooh, interesting, interesting things that we don't want to see. Some Klingons in there, yeah. But the thing is, man, I mean, when it comes down to it, like this guy, instead of practicing mindfulness or like maybe reading some shit poetry while he's tanning his gooch, this is what you should be doing if you're a hippie and you're tanning your nuts. You should be reading poetry or practicing mindfulness. No, he's watching a fucking Nazi tell him how to think about how to be more of a fucking Nazi. Tucker Carlson is a white supremacist and you take your fucking mental cues from him. This is why it's so hard to like you, Pete. I think tanning your nuts is adorable. I think a brown anus is cute. But at the end of the day, I'm sorry. If you're doing this while learning how to be more of a racist, paranoid, nasty piece of shit... I'm not cool with this anymore. It's not cute. It's weird and awful yeah. and you suck. This strange, is why Pete. no one likes you, Pete. This is why no one invites you out anymore. <laughs> but Pete also went out on an excursion from his giant fucking landscape to Blues Fest and saw the crowdies. And Ooh. I think that's nice. Was that him booing Elbow? Yes, it actually probably was. And to be honest, I'm going to say, I, I, I'm not going to be a dick about this. That would have been a great time. And here's his two cents on Blues Fest. Here's the quote. I always wanted to see Crowded House play live as they were one band I hadn't seen on stage because you well, just, suck. Just that one band, that's all. He's seen all the others. Last night was such a beautiful experience to see them and John Butler, Fat Freddy's Drop, and others perform. Mm, no others. ridiculous masks. Others. 
No ridiculous jabs, oh, no social distancing, just thousands of passionate human beings sharing energy and love together and vibrating very, very high. <laughs> a night to remember. He really has lost it, hasn't he? He got bored after they fucking played, like, you know, three of the songs he knows. Like, I mean, fuck you. <laughs> but while Pete used this moment to make a non-existent point, and we always said, we always said that restrictions would relax after we gave him zero COVID, Pete the one who had said they would never be repealed and we'd be under this tyranny forever. I will give it to him. It is actually nice to see. I didn't go to Blues Fest. Amazing lineup. Fantastic festival. I'm all about it. Nature is restoring and we are living with the virus. And while I get a little notification every day, which I never asked for from the ABC, that tells me, say, 20 people or so died from the coronavirus that day. Oh, we're still going to die. I think think he still believes that, don't we? Well, yeah, you know, people are still dying, but we kind of stopped caring. And there's something kind of liberating about that in a kind of way. But the thing is, people are still getting sick and people are still dying. We shouldn't discount that. My sister's family, you know, like her her and her, her husband and her, my niece, they couldn't come to Easter because my brother-in-law got COVID. He's like 52. It's a bit of a worry. Personally, I think it's an elaborate stunt to get out of the Easter egg hunt because they knew they were going to get fucking smashed by me. But that's neither here nor there, and okay. I don't want to bring this into the podcast. Okay, last job. Fourth. And it's still having an impact on people, but even me, the big old pro-mask, pro-jab, lockdown-loving fascist, is happy to see people at music festivals getting on with things. It's actually really nice because the pandemic sucked. No one says it was going to be fun, and it was not fun, and it still sucks. People are still dying, and my brother-in-law and my sister couldn't come to Easter. But seeing Crowdies live in a festival setting is a beautiful thing, especially on drugs. And I'm glad that neo-Nazi Pete Evans got to experience it. And his uh, son, son, his son tanned anus. <laughs> and we hope he's well. And I hope he's recovered from his, you know, his biggest, biggest lawnmower wipeout. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program Fair. with your host, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack, you've been on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. We set up a Facebook page. You can find fairly easily the words are unique. Tap them in. Promoting yeah. your podcast is easier said than done. If you would yes, share this episode or a better one or whatever, please just tell your friends because it makes a difference. Yes, thank you very much. And the Patreon Patreon is up and running, and we did have a bit of a begging episode. Yes, we but did. we'll only beg so far before we start getting violent. So we ask listeners nicely this time to consider throwing a few dollars our way. Yes, because we'll shoot the bunny. No, but seriously, for as little as five bucks a month, you get all sorts of bonus content. We're doing like a people's treaty thing. We take the piss out of stuff. It's a little more unscripted, but it's good shit. I hope. If you give us enough money, we could also let you in and watch us record the damn show, which is pretty sweet. But if we do get to a 1,000 patrons and that's a lofty fucking total, I swear to God, we'll run as independents in the next Senate ticket. It will be a fucking train wreck. Yes, we will even convince ourselves we're going to get up and say things like, oh, when I'm a senator and write like a <laughs> cracking maiden speech, like, oh, yeah, this is what I'll tell the speaker because we've got a chance, right? Like a 1,000 patrons, surely, right? I'm not doing right? any of that. I'm not doing any of that. I'm going to make you do it. So join up, patreon.com slash the conditional release program. That's, That's the one you want. And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's to simply inform us that we're about to give 
be given a million dollars from Mike Cannon Brooks to run as an independent in a safe Liberal seat. I don't really want to do that. Shit, I suddenly care a lot more about climate change. Can you pass me that campaign expenses card, mate? I'm fanging for a KFC Zinger combo. Ooh, extra large chips. Thanks, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Make mine a thanks, listeners. Give me a Mountain Dew. Yeah, yeah. The, the drink of 4chan and champions. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. See you next See time. See ya. Bye.